Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everybody, James Williams here with another episode of the Believe in UCLA football podcast. Another great episode in store for you guys today. We're going to continue our conversation with Lo Kenny. Uh, for those who aren't aware, we did have part one of this conversation last week. And we did also have a we had two episodes last week, and we also had the episode that included the move to the Big Ten for UCLA and USC. Um, we didn't that we recorded the conversation with Josh Woods and Lo Kenny, uh, both former linebackers at UCLA before the move to the Big Ten. So we did not get their reaction in any of these conversations. But I will be talking to Josh here again soon. As many of you know, he's in Canada participating for the BC Lions or is a member of the BC Lions for the Canadian Football League and he's getting ready for a, another game this week so he's not here as part of the intro but you'll hear him in the conversation that will continue with Lokenny today and um, yeah should be a lot of fun I had a lot of fun listening to those two last week so if you guys haven't already make sure you guys go ahead and check that episode out first and you come back and catch the continuation of that conversation here today and with that being said these guys are on a roll, and I didn't want to turn off the mics just yet. So this is actually going to be a three-parter. So next week, we'll finish out the conversation with, with Lo Kenny, and we'll also answer some of the questions that you guys sent to us on Twitter. Um, so that should be a lot of fun. And yeah, uh, as I mentioned, Josh is in Canada, uh, you know, preparing for his upcoming game. And for me, I'm preparing to cover the M- MLB All-Star game that will be out here in L.A. over the next week or so. Um, I'll be covering the Celebrity Softball game, which will feature UCLA softball pitcher, or former UCLA softball pitcher, now UCLA softball coach, Lisa Fernandez. I had a chance to talk with her and uh, talk to her about what she's kind of up to, some of her journey, what her time at UCLA was like, and so much more, um, and, and just being an ambassador for UCLA and Uh, the softball program and just softball in general. She's a former Olympian, a three-time gold medalist, and also won the College World Series as a member of UCLA's softball team. So was excited to talk with her, and I'll have that story uh, about Lisa in ocregister.com or dailynews.com. And with that being said, I'll also be out at the Home Run Derby and the MLB All-Star Game itself. So Busy schedule for me. I also have the ESPYs that I'll be attending. I'll be out on the red carpet interviewing uh, different folks. It'll just kind of depend on who we run into out there on the red carpet in Hollywood. So that should be uh, fun as well. That's on a on Wednesday. So um, as you guys are listening to this podcast, I'll be out doing a bunch of other different things. If I come across any uh, UCLA guest along the way, I'll be sure to maybe throw that in there as a cool little episode or I'll, I'll throw it in in one of our uh, future episodes. But uh, should be fun. Not entirely sure who I'll run into at the Celebrity All-Star Game or uh, at the ESPY. So there will be tons of opportunities to interview some different people. One thing I know I will be doing is I'll be interviewing some of the members for the UCLA football team. I would imagine it's going to be Dorian Thompson-Robinson. And Chip Kelly, both of them will be, I'm assuming it will be them. I don't know why it wouldn't be them. I know Chip Kelly will be there, obviously. But uh, for the Pac-12 Media Day uh, at the end of the month. So that, you guys will definitely hear some, if I get any audio, and I'm pretty sure I will, some of that conversation from Media Day. And I'll have it right here on the podcast for you guys. So 
make sure you stay tuned for that. I believe that's on the 28th, 29th, um, but I will be out there for that. We'll be getting, if if any, depends on how they're going to handle the situation, we'll get some reaction. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see how Chip Kelly, uh, is, is, what, what questions he's willing to answer. Um, but we'll look to get some some answers maybe on his reaction to the move to the, to the Big Ten. Uh, we'll see what Dorian thinks. And I'm not entirely sure who the other player will be. Uh, I don't think they've announced that yet. And it may be sometime before they do. It might be Zach Charbonnet. We'll find out. Um, but yeah, that it should be a lot of fun. And there will be a lot of buzz. And it will be pretty interesting to see how things shake out. Obviously, not only with USC and UCLA being represented there, but what are other members of the Pac-12 conference going to say and think and react uh, when those questions come up about um, the move to the Big Ten for both USC and UCLA. So I'm curious to hear about that. I'm sure um, a lot of the, a lot of the teams and programs and, and the players and coaches on those programs that are not a part of USC or UCLA uh, will be wondering what the future holds for their program going forward, and will they be a member of the Pac-12 um, or the the Pac-10 at the moment if if they do decide to go back with the name? Well, I guess it won't be till 2024 when USC and UCLA officially make that move. But yeah, we'll see how things play out. But that's what the schedule's like for me. Just wanted to let you guys know what we have going on. Both Josh and I, um, busy as always, but making sure. We do what's best for the podcast and always looking out for you guys. And as I mentioned, going to try and bring you guys any audio that I get this month um, at some of these events that I'm out at. Um, So with that being said, we'll jump into the conversation here with Kenny. Just want to, again, update you guys on what was going on. And yeah, it's going to be a lot of great stuff. But as always, make sure you're sharing the podcast with your friends. Make sure you're leaving feedback on your social on social media for us. Uh, you can follow me as always at JHW Reporter, and um, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. Love to hear your guys' thoughts on the conversation you're about to hear with Lil Kenny and Josh, and also just what you think about Pac-12 Media Day. Do you have any questions? Maybe I should ask. What would you guys want to know? Is there any um, coaches within the Pac-12 you would like to hear from? I can bring all of that to you guys. Just let me know. Give me an idea of what you guys want to hear. And I can try and ask or get some of the questions in that you guys may want to know for some of the coaches. So as always, looking forward to your guys' feedback. Make sure you subscribe, like, download, leave a comment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, tell your neighbor, tell your Uber driver, tell everybody else. Let them know about the podcast because when the podcast gets bigger, uh, better things happen and much, much more. So, yeah, we'll jump into the conversation here with Lil Kenny. All right, and, and we're we're back from the little break we had there. Um, we're talking about food and everything else. Got me hungry. Um, but now let's jump into some stuff on the field. Uh, we were talking a little bit during the break um, about about a little bit about about the current team, about about what some of the expectations are. Obviously, fans have quite a bit of expectations going into this season, and we'll talk about. Um, and I'll ask the guys some of the questions you guys had for them uh, when we reached out on Twitter. Um, but though, Kenny, you said you went out to a spring practice, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I went to uh, one of the spring practices with Chris Barnes and Caleb Wilson and like you. And I was at where was Josh? But Josh was probably doing yeah. Canadian football. <laughs> Josh had other plans. <laughs> I was probably training or doing something. I was getting ready to go. Okay, it's fair enough. Fair enough. Go ahead, look, Kenny. Well, yeah, I was there, and I mean, it it looks it's kind of different being back. It was different being back because half the coaching staff isn't the same. 
Mm-hmm. Half yeah. the team isn't the same. It's not familiar faces. A lot of it was first time seeing guys and guys I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. But they just they look different. Like the guys I do know, you know, the guys who were the the young bucks when we were there, just seeing them be yeah. the older kids now, it kind of it feels different. It's kind of like watching your little brother grow up. It's like wow, like, like you're the old head now. Yeah, and it was funny because yeah. a lot of them like we like even after practice we were on the field. Uh, me and Lang were on the field with Dorian and Cass. We were on the field mm-hmm. for like a whole extra 45 minutes after, like just chopping it up and talking with him. Obviously, we got the Tylers and the Moffies and, mm-hmm. you know, the Blaylocks and the, and the Mo Gunnett, well, Mo Osling. Mm-hmm. You know, we call them Mo Gunnett, but <laughs> it's just different, you know, talking to those guys and seeing just seeing how it came full circle, just the conversations having with them is, you know, because when they first got there and we were there, they were, they were young. I mean, we're, they're all still young. We're all still young, but yeah. just football wise, maturity level, like, you could tell there were still some kids, but now they're maturity were, level. Maturity <laughs> level is crazy. And the biggest one for me was probably Dorian. Like really mm-hmm. just talking, talk, literally talking to Dorian for like 45 minutes after and just seeing where he is now mentally and just the conversation we have compared mm-hmm. to where he was when he first came in. Cause Dorian's locker was right behind mine. Okay. And I used to get, I'm not gonna, I used to get frustrated with Dorian just cause I knew how good he, he mm-hmm. just, his raw natural talent. I knew how good he was and just him being young and just being, I mean, we all go through it, but yeah. just me being an older guy and him being young, it used to frustrate me. And I I used to be like an a-hole to Dorian, not like a real a-hole, mm-hmm. but just, you know, kind of how it is like the, the older, the upper class. Yeah. Right. Not nothing serious, but it's just like, yeah. shut up. A local like, like is, is a guy in the locker room, <laughs> you know, using his seniority and pushing buttons. <laughs> no, not but like, I, not extreme, I, but like Dorian would just be talking. I was like, Dorian, shut up. Mm-hmm. Just, just stuff if like we, that. But 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 I mean, you remember though too. I mean, obviously, you guys are the older guys in the room, and and like he's getting thrown in there as like the like the freshman starter at times, right? Wasn't he starting as a mm-hmm. freshman sophomore? Yeah. So obviously, there's growing pains for him too, and so sometimes you're kind of watching that kind of play out there, right? Yeah, there was definitely growing pains, but for like guys like me and Josh and Chris being on the back end, it was like mm-hmm. we don't have like we you're don't have win. time yeah, for yeah. growing pains right now, Dorian. <laughs> like this is all we got. I, I feel like it was just we right. saw we saw so just from being through the cycle, you know, us being the young guys going through mm-hmm. growing pains. You know, I feel like we just saw it and realized it before he did, obviously, mm-hmm. which is why it used to frustrate us because we I used to look at him like Dorian, like you don't understand how good you really are and how how good your mm-hmm. play like affects this team. Like if you if you just come through and have a day, like like you did against that, USC this past yeah, year, yeah, or like even even at <laughs> practice, like. Even mm-hmm. at practice, when Dorian would come and have a day, like it was a long day for the defense, mm-hmm. and we just wanted him to be that Dorian that when he had a day, we wanted him to have like one day and another day, and just keep having days. Like we we don't we don't want no bad Dorian, no mm-hmm. no growing pains right now. You want him to have because, a day against the opponent, not against you during the week, right? Yeah, every day, <laughs> like every day. And I mean, I, was it a lot to ask? Yeah, just because obviously, I mean, he was mm-hmm. young. You know, he's, he's gonna learn the things and get through it as he grows and matures. And he's, I feel like he's at that point now, like just the conversation, I, I was having a conversation with a young mm-hmm. man and it was mm-hmm. cool to see, it was fun to see, even just Casimir, like, yeah, it was just fun to- old right now. <laughs> man, <laughs> I felt old, old being there. <laughs> I felt old being there, but it was just, just mm-hmm. seeing like, I'm excited for them and just the maturity level from the, and the experience and not even the new guys that are there, they have some, you know, the transfer portal changed it, everything. It, yes, it has. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the, the new faces, normally when you go back to school, the new faces you see are all young guys. Like, no, the new faces there mm-hmm. were like men, like big men, like, <laughs> like, whoa. Like, right. yeah, like he looks like he, he's pretty good at what he does type mm-hmm. stuff. And 
I'm, I'm just excited. I'm excited. I'm excited for the team this year and see what they do. And to see the guys like Dorian and Kaz and Ty and Martin, you know, just the guys we played with, I'm excited to see how, how they go out with this being their last year and just how they approach it. Yeah, I'm I think for sure. I think that's the thing. It's like it is year five for a guy like Dorian, and I would maybe Kaz too, right? I don't know if he's year four yeah. or five, but it's wow. like they they probably have that same mindset or, or a better understanding of what you're talking about. Cause you're, you're not talking down about, about them or where no. they were at, but it's just like, they're now in your shoes too. And so they're in win now mode too. They want to win. They want to get yeah. to the Rose bowl game. They want to win the PAC 12 championship, right? Like that's like, now is their year to try and make that yeah, happen. That, so they, they have the same amount of blood, sweat and tears invested into yep. it. Mm-hmm. Like we did at that point when we were at that point and they were young now they have the same amount of it, so it it means more to them than it did at that time. And it's a different perspective, too, because, like, when you're in high school and you're on varsity, like, more often than not, maybe the normal high school players may be just playing junior or senior year of varsity, right? So sometimes it's like you don't have that older guy perspective a whole lot of times, but when you get to college, it's a different dynamic because Mm -hmm. it's this mix of, like, four four different years and everyone's different skill sets. You're getting guys that are trying to catch onto the playbook late. Um, what what you mentioned it too, like the coaching staff is different too, right? Like there's just a lot of new faces in general there. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get a chance to talk to Chip Kelly? Or you don't have to go deep into whatever your conversations were here were with him, but just catching up with him uh, was it good to see him? Yeah, I mean it was. It's always good to be back and just mm-hmm. chop it up. But I mean, obviously they. Yeah, we had just small conversations because it was during practice, obviously, mm-hmm. just a little bit after. But they weren't worried about seeing alumni. You know, they were in spring ball, so their mindset's football, which is they're dialed in. Yeah, yeah, they're dialed in. But it was good seeing them just chopping up, like how's life been? You know, just just catching up pretty much, and just it, it was good talking to them all. But they're in football mode, which is mm-hmm. what they're supposed to be in. So it was nothing too deep, you know, anything past surface level, just regular conversations, just like catching up with the old buddy real quick. Good deal. Good deal. Um. Let's let's hop into some let's hop into some of the questions here because some people we we all tweeted it out and whatnot. Some people did come in with some questions. Um, there's a Fresno State one I'll get to in a minute, but um, I know exactly who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw <laughs> it. I was that's like, one of my buddies. Yeah. yeah, I was like, do I ask this? But I'm like, I'm, I'll ask it. But anyways, uh, we'll get to uh, Connell Lamar on Twitter who had a question. He had two questions, but I'll get to the uh, the first one here where it says. Is Miles Jack the best athlete to ever put on a UCLA uniform? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why did you take a little little pause, though, Kenny? Did you have to evaluate your <laughs> yourself? Well, no, because no. the, the only other guy that came to mind was was Ish. Okay. No, the only other guy that came to mind was Jackie Robinson to me. Oh, that was way before my time. <laughs> but that is true. Now, if yeah. You want not to talk not about- just historically, but just like athletic, like ability, like game change play. I'm assuming that's playmaking ability. Athlete. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you're talking, if you're talking athlete, it got to be Jackie. But mm-hmm. if you're talking like football athlete, like on the field, mm-hmm. I'd Miles say- Jack for sure. Click clack Jack. Yeah. I've seen that man Without do things doubt. I didn't even know was possible. I've seen that man go do one-on-ones with receivers as a linebacker. I've seen that man play nickel linebacker. I've seen that man make a bad read, run from one side of the field to the other, then have to go back, run the other way, and still make the tackle. Like, I've seen one-handed interceptions. I've seen his last play in the Rose Bowl be interception to win the game. I, I was and at that game. I've seen Where, that man run, run touchdowns and have some big hits on defense. That man was different. 
Were you guys on the same roster as? Were you guys there at the same time, or were you guys just like I, I was. recruited? Josh was. I wasn't. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember watching was, was my first. Miles Jack yeah. was part of the class and the guys that that made it cool to go to UCLA. Mm-hmm. Josh talks about that quite a bit. USC, yeah. USC, but that mm-hmm. Coach Mora era, the that whole when the Bruin Revolution started and Force Up started, like that's when mm-hmm. they made it cool. That's when they they made UCLA cool. Yeah. It never was in terms of football. It, it mm-hmm. never UCLA was never in the conversation. Even me those growing are, up, it was like you said, and those, those like, LA night uniforms. Oh yeah, oh still Ooh. got that jersey. What are the the all black ones? No, mm-hmm. oh no, I was black. The those. black with. The, are you talking about the the navy? No, but I was. I'm talking about, about the navy ones that I I got to wear. I didn't wear the all black like you. Got oh, I'm talking about the LA the LA night. Well, even before before me, they had the uh, the navy blue ones that were tough. Mm-hmm. The Adidas had the black ones that were tough, and they had the gray ones the year before me that were cold. Yeah, the gray, oh, them gray ones work. Yeah, I think I and it was that. like a, a a one at least one game a season they'd wear alternate and they were always so fly with Coach Moore. But that um, era, they're who they're what made UCLA cool. Coach Moore, like Jaleel, Miles, mm-hmm. the TD was there. They made UCLA cool. Like before, everybody home was just USC, USC. I didn't start seeing UCLA gear like UCLA. Well, we got we got to shout out the then. I mean the founding the founding fathers though the founding fathers of LBU, which is. Anthony Barr, Eric mm-hmm. Hendricks, and Jordan Zumwalt. Them, them three to me are like the I call them the founding fathers of LBU because yeah. they they really made it for especially for us. Some some uh you know high school linebackers we're like dang like these guys are legit and then just to see them transition oh, from yeah. UCLA to the NFL we're like oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. us like they made they made UCLA a force to be reckoned with mm-hmm. and then when that next wave of guys came in after them it was like yeah like UCLA is the place to be. Like ten win seasons, the uniforms, like getting the victory bell, victory bell being blue for first time in I don't know how many Facts. years, and like consistently being blue, like they made UCLA cool. I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to go there. Like I want to go to that school. Side it note, like, it was like that for a lot of guys. Side note, shout out to Anthony Barr for being a finalist for the 2022 Muhammad Ali Sports Humanitarian Award. Um, that's going to be announced July 20th at the ESPYs for his okay. work with his foundation, Razor Bar, which um, raises awareness and helps single mothers. So shout out to the big bro um, for doing that. I mean, I've Definitely. I've watched him start this foundation. And I've seen the work that he's been putting in year after year. So for him to be recognized for it mm-hmm. um, on a big stage like this is, is awesome. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Okay, Good deal. Great guy. To, Great guy. Um, so, and you guys mentioned Jim Mora, just going off that, the second part of Lamar's question here is, um, he asked this, not me. Um, he <laughs> said, why did Jim Mora's teams underachieve in his last three seasons? Um, it, well, well that, and so a side note to that, uh, Jesse Garcia, um, from Twitter also mentioned that there was a lot of talent that was being made <clears throat> and, and he said, guys were having to be kind of replaced and like, it was trying to like. I don't know, like you're just trying to get inexperienced guys in there, something along those lines. Um, so if that factors in, but yeah, what, what are your guys' thoughts on on uh, the question here of, of, of maybe what was it with Jim Mora's last three seasons where they maybe underachieved? You kind of said uh, injuries there, Josh. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there was a year where we had all our starters healthy the whole season. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about missing a few games. I'm talking about season enders. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what was going on, but I feel like, Every year that I was at UCLA, especially, especially under Mora, it was one, two, three starters. And I'm talking about like impact stars. Like I remember my freshman year, we lost 
Eddie Vanderdose, Fabian Moreau, and Miles Jack within two to three weeks of each other and had to continue on that whole season. Damn. I mean, we had so much talent that other guys were able to, um, you know, Feel step up and we mm-hmm. had a good season. But I mean, with three NFL guys that all got drafted, you can imagine mm-hmm. how much better we would have been um, that season and finished higher, maybe packed up championship, maybe, you know, uh, you know, all that, <clears throat> all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's evident how talented we are because whenever you put a Bruin in NFL or CFL or any like higher level, yep. I mean, guys shine and you're like, whoa, all this talent was at UCLA. Why weren't they good? Yeah. I mean, like, they're, they're not just on the roster. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're making plays faithfully, consistently. Right. Yeah. I think the, we, the way we were taught and with the way we were developed under Mora um, at UCLA uh, was evident at the next level. Just like our IQs are at a different level than all these other schools, you know, I'm saying like guys are able to go into these NFL teams, these CFL teams and take over. And it's like, that's what UCLA is de- developing. I mean, we're starting to see it again now. Now that Chip has yep. everything under his control. Uh, Lil Kenny, did you have anything to, to add to that? No, I mean, I pretty much agree with Josh. I mean, I came mm-hmm. in the year after Josh, but just injuries and then new coaching changes. Like a lot of that plays a role. As much as people want to say it doesn't, or oh, like, yeah, next man up. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true in a sense. But at, at the same token, it's some guys you just – some guys are just special. And UCLA at that time had a lot of special guys. Mm-hmm. And those special guys went down. And it's – I mean, it's, it's hard It's hard to replace that. Like, how do you replace a Miles Jack? You don't even have to be in, in the locker room or on the team or really a crazy big sports fan to, to understand that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how do you replace a guy like that? How do you replace a guy – like a LeBron James or something, just guys of that caliber. Like it, it's hard to do, no matter what what the train training's the same, knowledge is the same, but some guys are just different. Like some guys are, are truly just different when it comes to sports. And when you got the, the truly special different guys that are, are going down, it, it's it's hard to replace. I and I think that's part of it too, right? Like just to put things in perspective for like college football fans, it's like there's preseason rankings, magazines, polls, awards, everything. And, and me and Josh have talked about some of the postseason honors and stuff the last couple episodes but it's like yeah this is all great but this is like before the season starts and again you can get two weeks into a season like josh mentioned and like then you're injured and none of those expectations matter but college football fans will hold on to that expectation of what they heard and what they wanted to hear before Mm -hmm. they even before the helmets are even strapped on and they stick to that so even when you you get those special guys that you mentioned though kenny that go down that expectation is still there so it's like sometimes it's kind of unfair to to have to call teams underachieving or whatever, because it's like, did it? I mean, if your guys got hurt, your guys got hurt. That doesn't mean you underachieved. Your guys just got hurt. Like if they could still play, they play. It's not like they set out on purpose. Yeah. Um. And so too, with that being said, obviously, like I think just from what I picked up from doing this podcast with Josh over time, it's like, I don't, I don't think the players had any issue with more. I think maybe it was just something with the university and Mora, or maybe whatever the the underachievement was or whatever they expected, but. Um, what were your thoughts on Mora? And, and were you there? You were there. So, Lokeni, you were there for Mora, Mora and Chip too? or Yeah, I had uh, two years with Mora and two years with Chip. Okay. So you were part of the same transition as, as Josh. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. what were your thoughts on just Mora as a coach? And then um, not specifically about Chip, but just like the transition um, from one coaching regime to another. Man, it was it was different. Because Mora, I, lo- I love Coach Mora. My uh, – First real memory of Coach Moore was on my visit. My little brother was there. He was like two or three years old at the time. Mm-hmm. 
and we walked into a, a lunch. You know, they have the jerseys and the helmets out. And my little brother had a helmet on, running around with the helmet on. And Coach Mora put on the helmet from the table, too, and start running around, tackling my little brother, like, on the floor. And his, awesome. and his polo, <laughs> his shirt tucked in with his parents, start tackling my little brother on the floor. I was like, mm-hmm. damn, like, that, that was, it was, it was cool to see, just seeing how Coach Mora was such, like, a, a family man. Like, mm-hmm. he, he, made, he made it feel like family. Like, mm-hmm. we're one big happy family. He wasn't, yeah, it was professional. He, I feel like Coach Mora knew how to how to be professional, how to get business done, but still be like a player's guy, like a player's coach, like mm-hmm. to still relate to you outside of football. Like I know some coaches are just it's, it's football, football, football. They don't care, but Coach Mora, he he knew how to. He, Coach Mora was like the, the uh, mix, like the perfect mix of both worlds. Like mm-hmm. Coach Mora was a great coach, but then at the same time, you come talk to him about life or just just regular everyday stuff, even if it wasn't serious. Like you could. You can go to Coach Moore's office and talk about football. He'll break it down and give you a whole lesson on football. Or you can go talk to him about life and feel not even that you can talk to him about it, but you can just feel comfortable with him having those conversations. Like mm-hmm. with any, anything going on, you could just go. Like I, I know guys who go in there and talk to Coach Moore about just life, like not even football. Like we'll go talk to just Coach Just go in there, go in there, lay on the couch. Yeah, like just stop, like stop in his office. Just, yeah, like you're talking to your dad or your uncle or somebody. Like mm-hmm. I'm just in there hanging out with Coach Moore. But still knowing that, like, there is there is a fine – like, he's still our coach and higher up, but – it's kind of hard to explain, there. but, yeah, the respect was always there and no one ever crossed the line. But just knowing that having a coach like that, it, it was nice. Like, Coach Moore was – I love Coach Moore. Hats off to Coach Moore. Love him. Always will. He just replied Great to my guy. Instagram story today. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I think that's cool, though, because, like, he – you know, his, his father was a coach, too. So I think he kind of has that – that understanding that balance and maybe just growing up watching his father too, like, right. Being that coach. And I'm sure maybe Mm -hmm. he coached him along the way at some point, but then also seeing his father being a family man, I would assume. And, and having that perspective and understanding of both. And so when you say that, I'm kind of not completely surprised to hear that. And I mean, more more often than not, you don't get to pick your coach. I mean, you, I, I, well, I'll say, I was gonna say you, you do when you, when you decide to commit somewhere, but that is not always a guarantee either because you never know how long they're going to be there. But um, if you do land in a, with I a lucky that. like that, yeah. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> as soon as you sign, you're locked in, but that coach ain't locked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's uh that's the thing that college, a lot of college football, football players have to find out. And again, over four years, I mean, stuff happens, you know, sometimes better opportunities come along for coaches and you can't knock them for stuff like that. Um, it's a business at the end of the day. It's a business. And I think that's the understanding and the difference too, right? Especially coming from like from high school, just playing to play with your buds, same guys you, you probably grew up with through through the school system. And now you're playing and it's a business, right? I mean, more mm-hmm. so than not now with NIL and everything else. But um, yeah, just the transition. And for you as a player, though, Kenny, going from Mora system to Chip Kelly system, were you worried at all? Was it was it a tough transition for you to kind of figure out what the plays were going to be or, or just that on style was the dip, the defense a lot different for you to have to pick up? Um, no, for me personally, it, it wasn't, I mean, I, I approached it like, I mean, at the end of the day, no matter who the coach was, mm-hmm. we were still going to have to get up and work out, study football and play football. And that's yep. just how I looked nice. at it. And that's what you were there for, right? Yeah. That's what I was there for. So it didn't matter who, who was there, who, mm-hmm. who was feeding us, what we were being fed or, what workout it was or what the practice plan was like at the end of the day, no matter how you wanted to spin it. I mean, some people tried to make it a big complex thing, but it really wasn't. I mean, it was, but it wasn't in terms of mm-hmm. like what I, what I was there to do. It was school and football and it's always going to be the same. Yeah. It, 
might be a different class, a different lesson, different playbook, different terminology. But what it all boils down to in the grand scheme of things, it was we're going to class and we're, we're doing football. We were working out and practicing football. So the workouts may have changed, but it was the same, it was the same thing. So I, I didn't put too much emphasis on her to try and make it bigger than what it was. Like, it's, it, it, yeah, it's a different person I'm meeting with and different words we're using. Mm-hmm. But it, at the end of the day, it's just it was books and ball with my, with my brothers, which is what it was, was before, which is what I was there to do. Does it bring you guys that much closer at all? I mean, obviously you guys are close just from the discussion we've had, like how close you guys were just from the jump, but there were so many guys. Like, again, when I first got there, it was like, it was like Chip Kelly's first or second year. And there were so many guys transferring out and you guys were like so depleted at position just because <laughs> the, the depth that you guys like were so behind with just trying to fill holes. Right. But it's like, was there a lot of conversation like just between you guys, for example, of like I'm staying, are you staying? Or like, is it just like, well, where else will we go? Kind of like, you know, what, what was it like then? I just want to add to that. There was, I remember one, Joshua, I know you remember this, but it was me, Josh, Chris Barnes, and Langy. We were in the, the inside linebacker room. Mm-hmm. And we literally wrote on the whiteboard. We made a list of all the guys that weren't there no more. Yeah. When Coach mm-hmm. Kelly got it. And I remember the list was up to like 37 at one point. Yeah. It like was the like, day, no, the day we made higher. the list, it was like 37. And we just kept adding to it. And we were like, it was like at that point, yeah, over, yeah. over I think it ended up being like over 50. Yeah, and there was at, a lot of guys. Like, yeah, as this happening, you don't realize, but I don't remember what transpired the conversation. Obviously, we talked about it a lot, but mm-hmm. we literally went up there and was like, start writing down names. Like, some I forgot who was writing the names, but it was just saying, oh, it was me. I was, <laughs> yeah, Josh, it was Josh, <laughs> but it was just like, okay, so and so's right here, so and so's right here. And he was up there writing for like, in it, and it's like columns of names, names, names. Once it's like, I was like. I don't know if we was kind of like a trauma bond, but it was it, like it, it was sounds like a trauma it, bond. No, it was, it was like, it was like we were we were labeled we were labeled like more kids. Like oh, he's a yeah, more yeah. kid. Like right, right. the few, the few, the proud, the remainder. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There was only a few of us left. It's like damn, you know, this is a, this is a the right. last like there was, like there was literally just a few of us left. I mean, my class it was me and Keyshawn, our fifth year. Was Fern yeah. the last one? Or yeah, maybe Fern, Fern. Fern was my class, and I think he. No, was, no, 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 no. Mo Osling might be the last one. Yeah, Mo. Mo's oh, Mo still might be. Oh, okay. Is Mo the is Mo the final Mora kid? I've everybody who's in Mo's class or is the Mora kids. But I think he might be the only he, one because Jay Shaw left. Q Lake yeah. is gone. Like uh, Elijah, like all. Think about all the the DBs. All the DBs that he came with in his class are gone. Oh, Martin, Martin too. Yeah, oh, Andres, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Martin, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. there's probably a hand, just a handful more. So Mo and as as of now, Mo and Martin Andrews are the last two more kids. Wow, that's great, it, and it's great to see. Like for them, I mean, damn, that's that's pretty crazy. And it's good to see Martin get back on the field there for the last couple games oh, there, right? Martin. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited for Martin. That's why I'm love, excited for him to come back. Back like, to see him yes. play. Yes, that's that's I, a kid that you you can't you can't help but like love him and it's impossible him. to hate Martin. Yeah, you can't help but to love him and support him and want him want the best for him. Like even before his injuries, like mm-hmm. just as I remember the LA the LA high kid when he came in, it was just like automatically like oh yeah, I rock with Martin. Like that's a little mm-hmm. bro that I'll support him if he needs any help. Funny guy, like. You know, he probably one of the top the five energy. funniest guys you'll ever really in life, yeah. one of the top funniest. five. I feel, like, I feel five. like a lot of people don't know that. 
I see. I wouldn't know. I mean, I really haven't. We've talked to him once, like during the three or four years I was covering the team. And it was always this thing for me. Like I knew who he was only because every time we were on the practice field or he would like walk by and I'm like, who's that big boy? And they're like, oh, that's Martin. <laughs> that's he, money. That's like, he, right oh, he, like he's hurt. Like it, like it was, he, was, he was always hurt. Or there was always something. So it's like when I heard he was coming back, I'm like, I'm yeah, like I was rooting for the guy, too. I'm like, I want to see him go back because I kept hearing his name year after year, but I never got to see him play or like just have his name out there. So like it, it was really cool, but I would have never guessed he was one of the one of the funniest guys on the team. Oh, but one Martin, of the funniest, definitely. James, who, who are the who were some of the other funny guys? on? Tell me. I need to know when we were there. Oh, the more guys. Oh. I was saying like that. I think constant com- like. Constant comedy show in the locker top, room meeting. Top five, you gotta have Mossy Johnson. Okay. For sure. Uh Denzel Fisher. Yeah. Boss Tagaloa. <laughs> boss, boss, oh, boss was yeah, funny. Bo- boss is on boss is up there for sure. Martin Andrews and Octo. See, there's a there's Ooh, a bunch. Octo, oh, there's Octavia a bunch. Spencer might be five and that okay. But then if you have Octo, you got to count Will Lockett. It's like a lot of things were like, it was groups of guys that were just all funny together. Gotcha. Jaleel Wadu is up there. Jaleel's on there for for sure. Happy birthday to him. Today's his birthday. Today's his birthday. Okay, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Um, I don't even know how much time I'm having, like a whole lot of fun with you guys. I don't know how long this Zoom will go. We'll keep it going because I got to get this, this Fresno State question in. Um, so Cam Sutton, I guess that that's your guy, right? He, yeah, um, unfortunately. His question is with with facilities, resources, location, and being a power five school, it should be a one-sided game with Fresno, but never is. And then he said, Why? Just to just to put a little facts on it. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, put a little salt in the wound, but I'm just gonna tell the facts like it is. Um, Fresno State beat UCLA in 2003, 17 to 9. Fresno beat UCLA 36 to 31 in 2008. Fresno beat UCLA 38 14 in 2018. And then just this past year, Fresno State beat UCLA uh, 40 to 37 in 2021. But Fresno State had lost the last four games when the series started, and they don't meet again until 2024. But Wait, what do you think? Fre- Fresno ahead. State beat us. That was 48 to 13. We lost to them in the Rose Bowl, Josh. I. I, I never played. I never this played last that. this last year. No, this last year I know Fresno State won with like a minute left. Cause I, but yeah, 20, yeah, 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 2018. What was 2018 score? I didn't play that year. That was 38-14. Yeah, wow, I didn't play that. that. I didn't play that game. I was hurt. I did not play that game. I played that game. They didn't I know like anybody That's... on the defense played that game from that score. My <laughs> my thing is going to be sometimes you play down to the talent level mm-hmm. of the team you're facing, and uh, I think that's a team that. I don't know why we played down to them. And they well, play no, up. They love playing. Said, they're they're going to play up. Okay, well, our junior year 2018, that was our first year with Coach Kelly. Mm-hmm. If Fresno State's not no scrubs. Let, let, let's get right. that straight. Fresno State's not just mm-hmm. little Joes from across the street. Fresno State's a great team. They're forced to be reckoned with. Derek Carr might have been on, like, that 20, two, um, 2018, right? Maybe. And that means if he's on 2018, that means they had Devontae Adams, too. Yeah. yeah. Right. But it, the, 20, the 2018 year – First year with Coach Moore, a preseason. You know, we're mm-hmm. we're getting we're trying to get things figured out and get established a new defense. That is what it is. This past year wasn't one sided. Yeah, well, I think Cam Sutton Cam Sutton works out at UCLA every day, mm-hmm. and I feel like he's just so mesmerizing in all of our facilities. What school did he play jealous. for? The he name sounds familiar. State. 
He, he played, okay, a, he, played no, he went to State. Norco High School. Okay, maybe that's too why why it's but so but even even the last game against Fresno State was either like a week removed from the LSU game, right? And you're playing against big boys yeah. from the SEC. You said, like, the week I, I was I was at that game. It's like under five minutes left. UCLA mm-hmm. scores, we're up, and then it's like a minute six seconds left. Like two Fresno State goes on a two minute drive and scores to win the game mm-hmm. with like under a minute left. No, that was like a game of the year. I that, was a, that was it. That was that's a not one sided. Yeah, that, that, was a that game. W- that game was two great teams playing football, mm-hmm. and we just ran out of time. They didn't beat us. We ran out mm-hmm. of time. That's what I'm gonna say. And I think I think they would have. Yeah, I think maybe you you got it right there that they ran out of time because I think the way they were just scoring, it was like they were they could have gone all night. Yeah, that, that, was just, that was just a great game between two great teams. Great game yeah. between two great teams that and this past my, year. My my linebacker coach <clears> now <throat> up here. Is went to Fresno State and played at Fresno State, coached at Fresno State. So trust me, I hear it all the time. <laughs> I hear it from Cam Sutton all the time too, okay. like literally all the time. And he works out at UCLA every day. Um, but like, but so too the the interesting part I found about that thought about that question, the and the reason why I bring it up is, do you feel that's like fair, like to say, especially like for a UCLA, and we've talked about it all the time, Josh, because academics and everything else are a big part of it. But mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, the facilities, the resources. Um, being a power five school, your location, being in LA, like, I mean, you still got to go out there and play just because you have the resources doesn't mean you're the end all be all. I mean, there's a lot of schools that have crazy great facilities, but that doesn't mean you're, you're in the national championship. I mean, only one team can win the national championship, for example, but I, I mean, mean, think about that. That 2018 was, we were the second youngest team in the country. Mm-hmm. I wasn't playing again, like between people leaving and people hurt yeah think about like where we were at yeah that like maturity level wasn't there it's the first year with new coach completely new system mm-hmm. that's when coach and, kelly came in coach asked yes. like new we're still trying to figure everything out like yeah spring ball and stuff is all good in camp but that's ucla versus ucla like the comfort like levels, it, the comfort level wasn't there with the defense none of that like if we're the like, second youngest team in the country sure. You got to think about in college what that means. That means you have teenagers versus guys usually over 20. And mm-hmm. the ages between, you know, that's a big difference. Like my first game, I was 17 versus I remember Colorado had a tackle that was like 23, 24. <laughs> think, think about the age difference, the yeah. age gap between that. And like you understand like college football, like the way the age gap is – that's a big difference in maturity and development. Mm-hmm. So think about the second youngest team in the entire country is hard to be successful versus think about it. We're playing teams like Utah, which has Utah has some 25, 26, 27. Because they're coming off those missions. Yeah, yeah exactly, they're coming off those exactly. missions and they, they have stability like crazy with their coaching. And there's there hasn't been a drop off there. So those guys are but it's like it's in. like you factor that in just that stat alone being young. Mm-hmm. is going to play a role in the game. And then when you add that to a completely new system, like guys don't know the system yet, aren't comfortable, and like we're still learning it. Like we're still we're still learning what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, when, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, it's football, you line up and play, but those things, there's a lot of, of factors that contribute to wins and losses of a football game. And those are some two pretty big things that it's hard to overcome. Even if we weren't a young team, just being a new system, there's going to be growing pains. Yeah. But then you factor in the growing pains with the new system and then, the growing pains with just a lot of inexperience, like that's that's a lot to overcome, and I it, it, it was reflected in our record that year. We we weren't too hot that year. And there you have it. That wraps up part two of our conversation 
We'll jump right back into that conversation next week and uh, keep you guys informed on anything that happens involving UCLA football. Uh, we should be hearing uh, when they start their summer fall camp here in the next couple of weeks, I would imagine, or if not, or by the time uh, we get to the Pac-12 media day, uh, we should know where they should already be starting. If I remember how the schedule for the fall camp starts uh, rolling out here or for summer and fall camp, but yeah, should be some good stuff. We'll keep you guys posted as always. Thank you guys so much for listening and uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.